Hello, and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. Why is this podcast called Lead with Compassion? What made me choose that? I'm going to get into that today. I have a way of seeing people's intentions, of seeing when they are skimming the surface to avoid pain or frustration or overwhelm in the deeper waters And I can see when there is room in those situations to create a space of support where truer, deeper emotions can be expressed. At the same time, up until recently, I was very hard on myself. There was no need for other people to shame me because I could do it better where it hit harder than anyone else. Feelings other than anger were a weakness. I felt this so strongly that any time I took a personality test, I intentionally answered questions to land on thinking instead of feeling. Of course, I only applied this to me. And somehow, I saw no contradiction with taking this view of myself while encouraging others to be honest about how they felt giving them support they needed to do so. To further this contradiction, throughout my life, I've been driven by intuition. Intuition of situations, people, relationships of all kinds that I observe between others. I've found myself in the position of being a confidant, a leader in different organizations, someone that other leaders can confide in. Even while insisting that I had a thinking personality, I was making decisions and taking action based on my intuition. Actually, let me explain what I mean by intuition. I don't think that intuition is just listening to your gut. I think... Intuition, that gut feeling, as we call it, is sensing a situation, feeling the pulse of a moment, and in a split second, unconsciously combining that with knowledge, usually past experiences. I relate this more to feeling because, as intuition is defined, conscious reasoning is not involved. When you question that gut feeling, you have moved out of the intuitive state. Every once in a while, people come into my life, and a deep spiritual connection happens instantly. I'm not talking about some magical movie moment where two people see each other across the room and fall instantly in love. The other person may not even be aware that this connection exists for me. Although, if they are aware, it's pretty amazing. We can go directly from introductions to deep life conversations. Most times, I keep my end of the connection open, giving time and space for that connection to develop for the other person. In that space, I can often ask tough, thought-provoking questions open up and share my related experiences. I never really had a word for this process, 
or exchange. It's just a place I found myself in repeatedly. I also have never put words together previously to describe these connections I felt until I was preparing for this episode. If what I'm describing sounds weird, stick with me. I promise I'll answer the question of why this show is called Lead with Compassion. One of these connections I'm talking about is with a pastor of a church I used to attend. While I think while I think the job of being a pastor is one that often takes an unacknowledged emotional toll, the emotional and time commitment expectations of this pastor seemed more constant and demanding than usual during the typical greetings of smiles, handshakes, and hugs, I could sense the feeling of burden and exhaustion. I kept this intuition in my mind during interactions with her, being intentional in allowing space for honest interactions. Uh, How can I say that better? I accepted the surface... I'm good as a response to how are you and then held the space asking again, how are you over time in these greetings, we created a space where walls could be dropped for a second and real emotion could be expressed. There was a shared feeling of, seeing each other as we really were instead of what we show the world. It became a moment she knew nothing was expected of her. There were no demands she needed to meet. I didn't go in with a thought-out plan to foster the connection I originally felt. I just followed my tuition in each moment. A few years after that, I was attending a different church. I had been at this church for a while and was a leader in the congregation, a president of the governing board. Holding positions like this were a lot like the space I created in that last example with the pastor. Open conversations could be had, tough questions could be asked. Each decision was held up against our mission and vision statements. One day during the sermon, the question was posed, what is the song of your life called? Instantly, the phrase, lead with compassion, entered my mind. As a leader in the church, I felt compassion was necessary, but it extended beyond that. At the time, I was out as a lesbian, Most people in the church knew, but not everyone. I didn't intentionally hide it, but I wasn't loud about it either. Attending church and being gay felt like a contradiction a lot of the time. Not necessarily in that particular church. I mean, definitely under the wider umbrella of Christianity. And sometimes also in that church. Perhaps a better word is hypocrisy. 
And it didn't just apply to the LGBTQ plus population. I won't get into that in this episode. My point is, in a place where I saw hypocrisy and felt like a contradiction, I chose to lead with compassion. Not lead in the governing sense, but come at you first with compassion. Not judgment or disdain or condescension or thinking I was better than you, but with compassion. In that moment, I didn't realize that's what I had been doing throughout my life with my intuition, creating spaces for deeper connections. In that moment, I applied it only to my conscious choice to seek compassion first when interacting with people. Looking back now, I can see that what I was always doing was leading first with compassion. I mean, not always in the sense that I never led with anything but compassion, or that this deeper connection was had with everyone, or even most people. (laughs) It wasn't. But in the times that the deeper connection did happen, either over time or instantly, my intuition was driving me toward compassion for this person. Seeing them beyond what they presented on the surface, accepting what was below the surface and creating a space for that to be seen. What I have recently discovered is that beyond choosing compassion first when interacting with others is that I must also have compassion with myself, for myself. I must meet myself with compassion first, or at least work on getting to a place of compassion. My intuition does not help me much with this part of it, I mean, remember, I was forcing myself into a thinking being, away from feeling emotion. Even after I moved past seeing emotions as a weakness and could recognize them as a strength, I could not find compassion for myself. I was still beating myself up. (laughs) Beating myself up for beating myself up. I was a master at climbing into my emotional cave, covering the entrance with spikes, and rehearsing all the reasons why I thought I was a horrible person. I didn't know how to process those feelings. I would fall asleep in the cave and wake up back in my normal life, having processed nothing, which set me up for another trip to the cave any time I was triggered. I now call these shame spirals. I've probably heard that term somewhere, but I don't remember. These stories I told myself, beating myself up, and then beating myself up for beating myself up. They keep going deeper until I go to sleep and wake up outside the cave. What I've found is that Self-compassion is absolutely necessary 
to stop the cycle of shame spirals. My therapist recently recommended a book. It's called It Wasn't Your Fault by Beverly Engel. It's pretty intense. I haven't been able to read much of it yet. But she talks about the necessity of self-compassion in healing shame. I mean, (laughs) I thought I was brilliant coming up with that concept. Turns out, there's a lot of research on it. The thing is, no matter how much research is out there, you are the only person who can do this for yourself. I mean, I've had people in my life create a space where I could drop my walls and be real in those deeper emotions. But even with their compassion, I continued to beat myself up. It's necessary to learn how to have compassion for yourself. And it takes practice. And you probably won't be perfect at it. I mean, I have this podcast titled From the Idea of Having Compassion for Myself, and it is a daily practice for me. Depending on the trigger, I could be in my cave for a while before realizing I'm there. For me, that's the first step. Awareness. Become aware of what you're telling yourself. Or become aware of when you're feeling bad and ask yourself if you're contributing to that feeling with your thoughts. If the answer is yes, you get to change what you're telling yourself, which incidentally can also be a hard thing to do. But if the answer to that question is yes, accept that answer. Acknowledging that you are saying things to yourself that are contributing to this feeling is self-compassion. It's not further blame. I tell my son that beating yourself up doesn't help anyone. So you messed up. So your life isn't where you want it to be. Self-compassion will help you get to where you want to be. Beating yourself up will keep you stuck. There are all kinds of how-tos out there to tell you how to make physical changes in your life to feel better about yourself. I think it starts in your mind with self-compassion. It's simply being nice to yourself. That's a good place to start. And if you catch yourself in the middle of a shame spiral. Great, you caught yourself. Now you can practice self-compassion instead. Find some motivational saying, something short and easy that gives you a positive feeling. When you catch yourself in that shame spiral, start repeating the saying instead. And that's a start anyway. My journey of self-compassion is just beginning, and it will never end. And it's always the perfect time to get back on track to where you want to be, no matter how long you've been in your equivalent 
of my emotional cave. I mean, who knows? Maybe one day you'll even love yourself. If this resonated with you, or created resistance in you, let me know. I love hearing your stories. Tell me what ways you've been able to have compassion for yourself. Our contact info is in the show notes. Be kind to yourself while you are finding your own unique path to self-compassion. I'll see you next time. Thank you.